Welcome to Dads, Daughters, and Dollars, a financial podcast for everyone. Now, here's one of my favorite people. (laughs) I'm Sean, the dad, clearly the favorite. And I'm Caitlin, the daughter, clearly my dad's mistaken. I'm so sick of myself, rather be, rather be. Oh my gosh. Anyone, anyone else... Jealousy, jealousy. It's, that's my dad's favorite song. Um, I don't know why you always are choosing to open up with songs, but I guess you got to do what makes you happy, man. And if that song makes you happy, then so be it. It's not necessarily my favorite song. It's one of my favorite songs on Olivia Rodrigo's album. And you're going to see by the end of the show how it ties into what we're discussing. Oh, okay. Did All you right. did you let her know you, we were doing this or you're just no, doing it anyways? Okay. Hey, just, you know. Listen, I, I'm so happy for her because she, uh, I worked with her for three years on Bizarre Vark and she's an amazing young lady and now she's got this huge hit album, number one. And so it's great. That's good stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of her. Yeah. And I want to apologize to everybody. You haven't heard for us for like three to four weeks. I had a right knee replacement. So I was, uh, you know, pretty serious, uh, surgery and I, was pretty swollen up for at least two weeks, and then I've been in rehab to kind of get it better. And it's going to be a long three to one year process to make sure it's perfect, and I can go back being the crazy person I normally am. But I'm on the man. He's only semi crazy right now with uh, one and a half knees, while the other half of one knee, re- you know, fully repairs itself. But yeah, so that's so we're back now, and you're going to hear a lot more episodes from us. But uh, we apologize for being off for about three there. All right. So what are we talking about today? Um, this might be the most boring subject in the world to you, but it's really important. And you're going to see how it ties into Olivia's song by the end of the episode. Okay. Why it's important to know about capital gains. Oh, okay. Capital gains. Right. Do you know what capital gains are? Um, that's like the money that you make when you make money off your money. Exactly. Which is basically a profit. Correct. So yeah. capital gains are basically a profit. But the IRS always says, hey, we want money anytime you make money. No matter how you make it, we want it. Exactly. Okay. All right. So there's two types of capital gains, short-term capital gains and long-term capital gains. Why is that important? We always talk about in this show about investing for the long-term. Short-term capital gains are profits or capital gains you make on either stocks car. It could be anything that makes a profit that they want money off of you, Mm -hmm. right? And if you keep it for less than a year, you pay a higher amount of taxes than if you keep it longer than a year. They're trying to encourage, the IRS is trying to encourage you to keep investing or stay invested for the long term because it helps the overall market and helps the overall investors. Do you know how much on average, the difference is absolutely. Or it always you knew I would talk about this. Uh, well, yeah, I just that's the first place I went. Like, oh, if I keep it for more than a year, I'll save this much. I have examples. Okay, and I'm hoping to blow your mind. So with um, with short term capital gains, which we defined as any time you're, let's say, you buy a stock and you sell it after nine months, that's less than a year. Right. You pay taxes if it was ordinary income. Right. All right. Anytime you invest on long-term capital gains or more than one year, you pay a lot less than you would pay on ordinary oh, income. Okay, so, so I'm going to give you an example. 
All right, here's a real-life example. Two people buy Apple stock on January 1st, 2021. Okay. On December 31st, 21, the first person, which I'm going to call the not-so-smart guy, has made $40,000 in profits or capital gains. Wow. And he decides to sell. Because it's less than a year, this person that bought the stock, they're going to have to pay 12% in taxes. Okay, yeah, that's a good chunk of change. So that's $4,800 in short-term capital gains or profits because they cashed in the 40000 So instead of getting $40,000 on December 31st, they get 35200 Okay. Right. Now, person number two did the exact same thing, except they sold on January 2nd of the next year. So they, they bought on January 1st of 2021. And on January 2nd of 2022, they decide to sell their $40,000 in profits. Let me stop you right there. The IRS is like, do you know for certain or like from what they say, like it's a, it's a year hard cold? Because it feels like if someone like just passes a year, they're... It's 366 days to be exact. Okay. So they're, that's, that's interesting because I feel like, you know, just wait three more days and then... Like you're done. I just, I'm curious how many people know that, but hopefully if you didn't know that, you now know, cause that's actually really interesting. So, literally just wait, just wait. So person number two, who I'm calling the smart girl. Oh, I also, see what you did there. Yeah. So she's also made $40,000, but instead of trying to cash in before a year is up, cashes is on January 2nd, 2022. It's just over a year. In fact, it's two days later than the previous person. Right. All right. What does that person, what does she pay in tax? Take a guess. Uh, 8%. Zero. You get to keep all $40,000. Wait, what? Yep. The first $40,000 in long-term capital gains pays no taxes. Okay. So you gain 50000 buying an Apple stock. What's that percentage? Well, you don't have to sell all 50. You could, you could sell 40. So, okay, let me ask this. And this is kind of a long scenario, so hopefully uh, everyone who's listening can stick with me. You buy a certain amount of stock in whatever company. Let's say the Cheesecake Factory. I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> you make... Uh, Cheesecake Factory is going nuts, right? So you made... $100,000, you only sell 40 of it in, you know, 340 days. You pay zero on that. Let's say you wait, wait another- Wait, 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 No, you said 340 days is less than a year. Oh, sorry. I meant to say like 370 You'd days. You'd pay 12%. Okay, 370 days. Sorry, my bad. I don't know what's wrong with me and my years. Um, my years are just a month shorter than everyone else's. Um, no, so let's say it's 370 days. You sell 40,000 worth of it and you pay zero. Zero dollars. You wait another year. It has made you another, you know, maybe Cheesecake's not doing so hot. So maybe you make another 20 grand, which that's still really great. So I don't know what world we're talking in, but just stick with me. Um, You wait a year after you've made that 20, plus you have the leftover 60. You now have 80. You sell for 40 after waiting that full year. Is that still zero? So, but wait, let me just get you straight. So you're saying you now two years from when you first bought it and you're now at 80, but you only sell 40? Yes. Anytime you sell for 40 or less, and I'm talking as a single person, if you were married filing jointly, it's much higher. 
This is just a single much person. Much higher tax? Much higher uh, without paying taxes. Oh, so you could sell 80 of it. If you are married zero. filing jointly with your tax return, you could go up to 80,000. This is as of 2021. You could make $80,800 in capital gains. Oh, an gains. extra 800. Look at that. Well, well, it's double than 40, 80,800 because you're a couple and you made 80,000 and you go, you know what? I'm going to cash that in at 370 days. But you do not pay one penny in tax. Okay. You said 40,000 for as one a, person. As a single person. As a sing, I'm saying was one person jointly. You just said 80,800. Yeah. It increased by 800 more than double. Okay, that's just like an oddly specific number. That's the way the IRS, that's in their tax laws. They're weird, but here we are. I'll take the extra 800 as I'm sure all of the married couples. Well, I'm certainly not married yet, but you know, if that, that seems like a fun benefit of being married. So when you, do you and mom file jointly? Yes. So congrats. That's fun. <laughs> well, there's a lot of tax benefits of filing jointly besides You this. married your mutual funds or your index funds? And you married mom. <laughs> Wait, you did a podcast that you titled before, My Dad Wants to Marry Roth IRAs. So the bottom line is and I married- And also Roth IRAs. No. You have a lot of marriages. You're, no, um, I married mom. She's the only one I married. The other stuff is the stuff you made up. Okay. You can live in that world. That's fine. We'll, we'll live in the real world over here where you're married to uh, multiple things. That's okay. <laughs> um, so- uh, you were saying, was there any other examples? Yeah, I'm going to give you another example. So there is a point where either as a single person or a married filing jointly, where you do have to pay some long-term capital gains. But short-term capital gains, you're always going to pay tax. Gotcha. So here's the next example. Okay, same two people buy Apple stock on January 1st, 2021. On December 31st, 2021, the first person, the not-so-smart guy, has made 400 $45,000 in profits or capital gains. And because it's less than a year, they're called short-term capital gains. Jeez. They decide to sell. Sorry, that's just a lot of money. Right, so okay. it's 445000 Because house. it's less than a year, the person who bought the stock, they pay the short-term capital gains and they cash it in in less than a year. What do they pay in cap- short-term capital gains? Because it's that high in a profit. Yeah, it's not just 40 35%. So 35% of 445,000 is 155,750. So instead of taking home 445,000, they're giving 289,250. So you go, that's still great, but they just paid 155,750. That's it's interesting that like I guess the amount of money changes it, but I'm just interested that you know, at certain you make 40 or you make 10 times that amount that the tax bracket or the taxing amount is different. It's just interesting to me that you said 12% and I feel like... 12% when it was 40. 12% when it was 40, yes. But it's just amazing to me that like, it seems... I don't know how to put my words into... Put my thoughts into words. That let's say you made 40,000 working as a teacher. Right? right, whatever job you do, and it makes you forty. I feel like any old you know person just living, they're 
going to get taxed on that 40 because they brought Correct. it in, not in the stock market. Correct. Seems like the IRS is rewarding people for investing, investing and keeping it in longer. So you could, exactly. I could, so You're I right. could make 40. I mean, I, I'm not anywhere close to that point yet, but I could make 40 in a year in the stock market, eventually in some point in time. And another person can make 40 in, as a salary, as a salary. And if I just wait a year to take it out or a little bit longer than a year, cause I, you know, right. I would wait. Um, I would be taxed nothing and they would be still be taxed. Like, you know, I don't know what the tax is. 12% would be the federal tax. They would still have to pay state tax. Yeah. Well, if they lived in a state that had state tax, but if you're living in California, you definitely have state tax. So that's, that's just, that's interesting to me. I never really thought that people, like they'd encourage people to invest. Cause I thought that they, that investing was kind of just for like rich people. And, and I always kind of thought that's, a, that's, that's what they wanted. That's, I feel like they want to keep, keep I, it like that. I wanted to break that thought from your mind because it's absolutely true. The tax laws are, are set up to encourage people to invest and to encourage people to invest for the long term. And this is a show to prove it. All right. So we talked about the, the person. They, they get very lucky and they have 445000 worth of profits. But because they sell in less than a year, they just paid 155000 $750 in taxes or 35% of their profit. All right. Now, person number two made the same 445000 the smart girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, but instead decides to cash in on January 2nd, 2022. So it's two days later. It's now called long-term capital gains. It's been over a year. So they pay long-term capital gains. What do they pay in tax? 15%. 20% less than the person who held it two days less. Jeez. Yeah. So they will pay $66,750. So of your 445000 gain, you walk away with $378,250. So by waiting two days, you get to keep $89,000. I look at that as 44500 a day. Not a bad deal. Jeez. Right. I mean, first off, you got to find the thing that then makes you that much in a year. Correct. But, but, just, but let's just say you're at a point, you've been investing for 20 years, and somehow you made $445,000 in a year. And I'm here to tell you, it's not unrealistic if you've been investing regularly after 20 years. I know I've done it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. That's still crazy. I still didn't cash in the next year. But if, had I done, I could go up to 445000 and I would pay only 15% in tax because so, it was long-term. So let me ask this, and I don't know if you have this written down, so if this is a you know question that is unanswerable, then I'm sorry. Are, is it 12%? If we're talking short-term, 12% is 40 and lower if it's less than a year because that's short-term. Right. So, but is it, if, you're, if it's 40000 and $1, to 445 is that bracket 35 well, or you're I'm not gonna, really sure here let me let me break this down for you a little bit more okay so there's a whole bunch of tax brackets so if you're doing short-term capital gains and you're single up to forty thousand five hundred twenty-five dollars is when you pay 12 percent. i just did forty thousand as a round number right if you go over $40,525, now you'd go 40526 40, to 86375 you're now paying 22% short-term capital Got gain. Got it. 
And then, and then there's something between 86,000 and whatever. And 163 is 24. Okay. And then 163 to 207 is 32. Do you mind if I look at those numbers? Yeah. yeah he has them written down, guys. I'm just going to look at them. Um, 35% is 209 to 628. So, and then 37% is? $518,040 and higher. Now, on the second page here, I have the long-term capital gains. Do you see this ever going up to 30, 24%, 22%? It drops off at 20%. It doesn't get higher. Wow. That's so, pretty crazy. As a single person, you will never pay more than 20% if you make over 441450 And that's the 2021 rates. Each year it goes up by, you know, $700 or whatever what the limit is. So, and sometimes it freezes. But if you're a married filing jointly, you would not pay more than 15% tax up to $496,000 in profits. Wow. So, okay. So, but I also see here you have a thing that says head of household. So how do you determine that you're the head of household? Well, you could be head of household, but not married. And I don't know exactly how that works. Yeah. That definition seems like it could be a gray area, but okay. So then my question is, if you're, if you're someone, let's say your friend comes to you and they're asking you for help. Would you suggest to them, wait, actually, can I still see that? Yeah. Sorry, everybody. Um, would you still suggest to them only if they're single, you know, if they've held it for long-term gain, so they've had it for over a year, would you suggest selling it in bits of 40000 So uh, you're not it, paying it. Only if you really, really needed the money. In general, I'd say never sell it. We talked about that. Buy something that you really believe in, whether it's a company or an index fund. Buy in something you believe in and hold it forever. Okay. No, 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 no. Isn't the whole point of holding it forever means that like in retirement, when you're 72, you eventually cash in on some of it so you can spend it to like, I don't know, go on a vacation, live for what retirement is for. Right. But you don't have, it doesn't have to be 72. You can take the money at 60. You can take it whenever you want. But the bottom line is I would be keeping the money at least 20 years unless it's like you desperately need it for a down payment for a house. You just had a medical emergency. Okay, let's take the 40000 and pay no tax. Gotcha. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, there's one other thing I wanted to tell you about, which is uh, the lesson of this whole thing is that if you wait longer – you're going to pay a lot less in tax. It's always better to pay long-term capital gains or long-term profits, basically is what we're saying. It's always better to pay that than to pay short-term capital gains, which is basically like paying exactly what you would pay on that amount if it was salary, if it was income, all right? So you get this, you get this long-term benefit by staying in, whether it's the stock market or bond market or whatever it is, you get this benefit by hanging out for a long time. Um, so this also applies to a house. So you will pay capital gains tax on your real estate profits of your main house. But if you stay there at least two years, as a couple, you can write off $500,000 worth of capital gains. So if your house went up 500000 in two years and you go, okay, we're going to move, you could do it. And you bought your house for two fifty, and you sell it for seven fifty after two years. Pay no tax on that 500000 Wow. Yes, by holding it for at least two years. Only now, two years? Yeah. 
Do it, people it, move it, houses it, that much that they're just begging people well, to stay in to them for two years? Well, it has to be at least two to five years. So if you did two years in one day, you're fine. Wow. But if you're single and you had capital gains on your house, and this is much more realistic, and it was 250000 you don't pay anything. So you bought it for two hundred, you sell it for four fifty, and you move af- out after two years and one week, you pay nothing on that profit. Nothing. See, and I always kind of forgot, what the whole house... Just buying a house, it seems like in LA, naturally everything is skyrocketed. And so it, it kind of still fascinates me that people will sell their house but then not have anywhere to go. And it's just because for whatever reason, it was like a double mortgage or this or that. For whatever reason, like they don't really have a lot of money from the proceeds of the sale. But, um, or maybe they use it to pay off whatever mortgage was left. I don't really know how that works, but, um, that's crazy. Right. Because, I mean, if, if, a val- if a house goes up in value and, you know, yeah, you stay there for six years and then you, you kind of outgrow it and maybe you have a kid or two and so you maybe need a new space. Like, that still is crazy to me. That's awesome. But, I mean, so the, the whole, hopefully the lesson of this whole thing is the longer you hang out in either your house, the stock market, whatever you hold, as long as you're not being... Um, very emotional and going, oh, I got this. I bought this Bitcoin and I sold it and I made $60,000. Now let me get something else and try and make $60,000. If you keep trying to get in and out of the market is when you lose. If you hang out and stay around for a while, you win. Especially with taxes. Especially with taxes. They favor, listen, rich people are favored. If you made $2 million in taxes, you're going to pay less. $2 million in Profit. In profit, let's say from the stock market in one year. You will pay less than if you made $2 million in income. Wow. Yeah, right? Can you say that one more time? So, I just want everyone, if if you were zoning out or you're driving and you didn't get to pause us or whatever the situation, just say it one more time. I'm going to give you an example. So let's say somebody's a doctor and they're making three hundred fifty dollars to $400,000 a year. And after 20 years, they have a lot of money in the stock market. Right, they live below their means, and they got—I don't know—I don't want to say an exact amount, but they got a lot of money in the stock market. And in one year, the stock market went up twenty-five percent, so they made two million dollars. Which, if they made twenty-five percent, that means they would have eight million dollars invested, right? Okay. So they, in one year, they made two million dollars. They would pay less on that two million dollars if they cashed it in than if the same doctor now has a salary of two million. He would pay a lot more in tax than he would in on the investment. That's. I want you to know that because this is how people get ahead. It's just, that's crazy to me that they really will one benefit homeowners and they also benefit those who invest and invest early, but we're never taught about investing. Like I did not take an investing class in high school and it's literally something that could take Five minutes. I've learned more complicated things in high school than I have investing, and I have no idea why they don't teach us. If they want more people to be in the stock market, I don't understand why we're not taught. Sorry, little rant. I'm no, confused, but it's 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 but, a good, you know it's, it's interesting nonetheless. It's a good rant, and it's the reason we started this podcast because I wanted you to know all this stuff. Because if you don't find it out till forty, you go. I I just lost twenty years from college, or you lost you you got your Roth IRA at three, so you're in good shape. But you know what I'm saying is like, yeah. I knew this was coming and I wanted you to be prepared. And so now we can talk about like, 
you know how compound interest works. We talked about it in the first episode. Now you know about all the tax benefits of being crazy and starting early. <laughs> Sometimes I got to tell you guys, I will just get curious and, you know, I'll get a paycheck for whatever I did. And I see the amount of money I have that like I could take out at any minute, not money that's in the stock market, but money I could take out at any minute. And then I add it up to what, so I add up everything. And then I, I put that amount in the compound interest calculator sometimes, not all the time. And I'll mess around with the numbers. I'll fuss with the numbers. And then sometimes I come back to you and I'm like, dad, what? Thank you. Or just whatever I say. And then sometimes I immediately regret it. Cause you're just like, you, it's like, it's like I gave you a shot of like hyper sugar, like, of, and you're just like so excited and you just like bounce around the walls after I tell you I did it on my own without you like having to nod well, me, you know. But here's to the do thing it, is but. I'm only going to be around for 160 some years, right? <laughs> yeah, so, three knees later. <laughs> so, oh man, I'm doing a triathlon this weekend. <laughs> I don't care. Um, so, the bottom line is when you get this knowledge, you don't need me. You can pass it on to friends, press it on to your daughter and son. You're going to kick butt because you just need a little bit of knowledge that you weren't taught in high school or college. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes me wonder how many investing classes there were. You know, I had a couple of free slots that I could have taken any class, even from like, you know, I think I took a class from the art school because it was photography because I knew that's what I was into. But I probably could have taken a class in the uh, school of uh education or public policy like I could have done you know a numerous amount of things kind of as an elective and it makes me wonder if there was an investing course through you know the business school or something but I have no idea but makes me wonder all right so I want to bring this full circle yeah let's let's talk about some Olivia Rodrigo for a second um so I'm gonna say I'm so sick of short-term capital gains rather be rather be long-term capital gains jealousy jealousy so is are you supposed to are you okay, I'm just gonna roll with it. Um Olivia, not that maybe you would ever listen, but uh thank you for inspiring my dad uh for that lovely, lovely little tune. Um So but basically I'm saying you'd rather be long term capital gains any day over short term. And short term should be jealousy, jealousy over the long term. Exactly. Okay. Grammar. It's what we're all about here. <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening, Dad. I don't want to cut you, you off if there's thank anything you else. For coming back to listening. Uh, I know we were gone for three weeks. All right. I'm back. I'm healthy. I'm ready to kick butt. Um, thank you again for listening. Thank you so much. And we will see you on the next one. The content on Dads, Daughters, and Dollars is for informational purposes only and does not constitute professional financial advice. Listeners should consult an attorney, accountant, financial planner, or other professionals to suit your specific needs.